It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. For Hijaz, halal home loans and investments with Hijaz. Australia versus Pakistan on SEN Test Cricket. Warner drives, he got it this time, right out of the screws. New over begins and driving down the ground. Elegantly is Kawaja. Starts an eighth over here, gives the ball to Labashane to cut and he doesn't miss out. He threads it between second slip and gully with a minimum of fuss. Mal to him here, head has a walk in that direction, gets it away for four, but not without risk. No credit to the way that Pakistan bowled, they bowled. Unbelievable channels. I think going into tomorrow, we're in a pretty good position. Uh, Going to have to bat, bat well and, um, and yeah, try and set up for our bowlers. Australia weathered the storm with some determined batting in challenging conditions. The rewards for the toil might now be reaped. Manus Labashane joins us before he resumes his innings. Challenging over last ball of it. Warner edges. It's oh. missed at first. It took the outside edge. It flew to first, and it has been grasped. You look at those things, you can't help but Salman bowls around the wicket to Warner, and he's caught it slip! They've got the extra over in, and they've made it count straight away. Jamal is bowling, beating the outside edge. They're up and asking you to touch the outside edge. The umpire says no. We're going to go back to John Field to reverse his decision to out. Pakistan strike late on Boxing Day. Round the wicket. Light delivery edge drops at second slip. It was exactly what they set up for. Head survives. The lament of two dropped catches that might have tilted fortunes in Pakistan's favour. The tourists restricted Australia, but couldn't make the necessary inroads on a bowler-friendly day. I think Usman Khawaja has blown the whistle on the ICC. Hypocrisy. We've been thinking for a long time, how do we and what's the smartest and right way to carry on Dad's legacy? And we thought it would to be to save lives because we wanted to make sure his heart attack wasn't for nothing. The person who's you know worked their backside off and has been there for a while, you know, in the background. I think Harry's been that person that's always, you know, he's toured, he's, he's going to have that chance. Um, he scored 100 the other day, you know, he missed out in a couple other games, but he's always been that person who was next in line. And Dave Warner endorses Marcus Harris as his replacement post-Sydney. Victorian coach Chris Rogers is part of our team. Plus, Cricket Australia Chief Executive Nick Hockley as the issues swirl around the Boxing Day test. This is SEN Test Cricket. Live across Australia and around the world, welcome to SEN Test Cricket. 
Welcome to day two at the MCG. More blue sky than we saw yesterday and preparations are being made for an early start. So 10 o'clock local, the first ball will be sent down as we make up the lost time from yesterday. An interrupted feature festive day where probably the peak viewing was lost to rain. Still 66 overs sent down. Australia is three for 187. Jared Waitley with you. SEN Test Cricket is for Host Plus and Henley Homes build with confidence. Simon Kadich is alongside me. Hello to your cats. Good morning, Jared, and all our listeners. And Damien Fleming's butted up as well. Welcome Jared, back, Flem. Hello, listeners. How are you? Good morning. Morning, Flem. What was your overall assessment of yesterday? Um, it was a tough Test match day. Um, one that we... I don't know, maybe in the mid-1980s and 90s, we'd go, gee, that, that's a pretty regulation day. Um, we're, we're used to teams scoring so much quicker. Um, but the stat said that this, this pitch yesterday moved 3%, well, triple as much as last year, you know, 3% um, percent of movement compared to 1%. Um, and the Australian batsmen were really watchful. So it probably won't be once again till we see the Aussie bowlers bowl. We assume they're going to bowl really well because there's so much movement here and they're taller and quicker. Um, but maybe the Pakistan bowlers, you know, maybe their line could have been a bit more, you know, on, off stump. But, you know, Warner's comments afterwards gave them a bit of a wrap. And, and the Australians were really watchful. You know, maybe if we didn't have the experience of Warner, Kawaja, Marnus and, and Stephen Smith that... You know, we, we could be seven or eight wickets down. So an intriguing day. And, and I'd, I'd say the first session will be the same. A run rate of 2.8 for the day, so that is a throwback, cat. It is. I mean, you always, I guess, associate the MCG with being slightly slower scoring because the outfield has always been probably a bit more even. It's not as, as lightning fast as some of the other grounds around Australia. But I think it's always been deemed as being a fair surface but then when you throw in the movement as you mentioned yesterday and there was a fair bit of movement through the air as well to go with the probably lateral movement off the seam and I think yes Pakistan were you know they were up for it and at times they particularly that spell I think it was just after lunch you know they got back into the test with that wicket um, just before the break and then obviously with Kawadra after the break and then after play resumed after the big um, rain delay that was probably the time where I reckon they probably just didn't quite get not just the line, as you say, but I think they needed to probably be a foot fuller and get them uh, the Australian batsman driving. But saying that, Labuschagne and Smith, they just did not want to give them any sort of a sniff and they were disciplined. Um, yes, it was you know, slow scoring, but that's part of test cricket at times. You know, conditions aren't in your favour. You can't just go out there all guns blazing. And they were laying the foundation for the middle order and lower order today, and that'll be... You know, if Australia get to 300-plus, it'll be because of the hard work they did yesterday. Teams batting first in recent times here, 185, 189, 195, have all gone on to lose test matches. So three for 187, married up against that is a good platform. Yeah, definitely. You'd imagine 350, you'd say Australia were well ahead of the game. Um, and it can change because we've got Travis Head at five and, and Mitchell Marsh at six. So, you know, whether they've got the capabilities to come out and... You know, double up the scoring rate. Well, they've obviously, that's the type of player they are, but against a moving ball. And, um, yeah, can Pakistan... It was interesting, Hassan Ali spoke afterwards. Um, and it was great to hear. It sounded really passionate. And I wish he played the first test because you just question, you know, how much are they up for test match cricket? And, no, he, he was really quite passionate and felt like they had a big chat at lunch, you know, that they were trying to do what Simon Cadditch said. And it's not all so easy, but... 
you know, and sometimes we can be critical going, gee, they've got to get fuller. But the Australian batsmen um, were often getting back in their crease. So they were giving themselves as much chance to play it. And then bizarrely batting out of the crease and still coming back to give themselves time. So when you're bowling to batsmen like that, yeah, you do just tend to feel, I'm a little bit too full here. But then you don't want to be blamonging half follies yes. up there yep. either. So, yeah, I thought it was a yeah absorbing day. Um, I would love to see how it played out without rain, but, but hopefully that won't play a part today. Is the number one affliction of touring teams here their fielding, the catching? So Abdullah Shafiq in the third over and right at the end of the day, Shan Masood. So two drop catches that, that, that could have altered the entire course of the day. It's the unknowable. But if head's gone and it's four down or if Warner had gone early, uh, the first one was a soda. The second one was a, a much harder catch. It certainly is. We've seen it over so many years. And, look, already they're up against it because... Like most home teams, the home batsmen know the conditions inside out. They've been playing domestic cricket over how many years? And so there's that challenge. But then when you add on top of that and give them second chances, and, and we're talking about top quality players here, particularly this Australian team that you know have been class performers, particularly that top four for a long time now. They're all seasoned campaigners. You give them a second chance and they make you pay. David Warner didn't make them pay as normally he would. But still, 38 in those conditions is probably like 70 or 80 or 100 plus when it's flat. So you look at it that way and, and just the timing of it. It was early. Shaheen Afridi would have got a little bit more confidence than he's got at the moment because he's definitely not at his best. And it just, yeah, it's one of those things that you've got to be able to, you know, control what you do well. And fielding's a big part of being in your control. And they, yeah, they lapsed, lapsed again. Is there a... Um so that there's passion for it that you've identified, Flem, and there's commitment to it. Is there a lack of of smarts around what they're doing? It, it, you know, bowlers at ends, bowlers in combinations, um, the capacity to correct within your own game while it's going. Is there a finer edge? There's, there's a lack of bowlology, yep. if to sum it up there. And it's interesting watching Waka Yunus and Rosie Macram are out with the, the coaches. And I just wonder what they could actually give to this team, um, even at breaks, because um, to bowl, wasn't it the first couple of bowling changes, the two lefties bowled together, then the two righties bowled together, and then the two lefties bowled together, but they'd swapped in, so that was their big strategy. Oh, I couldn't believe in that first hour we didn't have the, the left armour and the right armour bowling in combination, because batting-wise, Kato, you, you just it's a, it's a different line all the time so they definitely you know got that wrong um but it's a team tactic you know you know that the coaching staff would have been part of that as well um so yeah it was a bit bizarre they could have got a bit more out of it and i think not by not really changing too much it's just changing up that afridi and hassan ali in particular the two experienced bowlers why didn't they bowl more together um but either way afridi's regressed substantially now, we don't know if it's injury, if it's playing a lot of white ball cricket, but surely someone like Wazim Akram could help fix that during a tour, during a test match. So, uh, But we know that it's a very fickle cricketing nation. Um, talking to Wakar Yunus yesterday, he captained, and there were six former captains in his team. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's what they've all got to deal with as well. But, um, no, there were some simple little subtle changes they could have done yesterday yesterday. Um, if 
he had a really astute coach. Um, I don't know if, if the captain's Masood's got the dominant um, uh, role in that relationship, but I would have been running out the drinks going, you've got to, you've got to mix it up. Simon Kadich and Damien Fleming, our experts for in-place living, creating homes for people to create memories. For Manus Labashain, who's about to join Adam Collins and Bharat Sandarason before he resumes his innings today. So his 2023, 780 runs at 37 with just the one century. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear his reflections on his calendar year. It's a bit less than we would anticipate from Australia's number three, particularly the way that he'd started his test career. And probably sort of right at the end of the year, as well as the circumstances at the mat of the match, it, it it's a big innings for him. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, he's had you know a tough year because there's been some tough opponents. You know, go to India, that's a challenge for a lot of the Australian batsmen in those conditions there, and where it's spinning, and and then obviously the Ashes in England, which was you know a fantastic series, and now coming back to Australia. I guess probably the big thing is just being. Like yesterday's footwork, you know, he didn't really want to commit on the front foot a lot. And that, and even batting outside of his crease, he was outside of his crease really early on, which is normally a, an indicator that the batsman is worried about getting hit on the pad. So he's trying to take that mode of dismissal out of play. And if that's a bit of a snapshot into his mind, then maybe he's just got into a little bit of a defensive mindset because of some of the dismissals throughout the year or how he feels at the crease. And... Maybe it's just more mental than anything because we know he's a class player. But in those conditions yesterday, you can understand why he was probably a bit more subdued because as soon as the ball swings both ways, you don't want to overcommit with your front foot for fear of getting pinned in front or playing at balls outside off stump that you could probably let go. And I think he handled it well. He's still not out, and that's probably the key point out of all this. It might not have looked pretty, but he's gutsed it out, and that 44 could well set Australia up for 300-plus score, which I think will be good on this wicket. Has he been a bit less phlegm than, than what he would have uh, set himself for in 23? Yeah, I would have thought so. I talked yesterday. I, I loved it when um, Stephen Smith and Marnus were averaging over 60 in Test match cricket, and he's going, God, got a, a great... Particularly Smithy, you know, can he, can he retire with average over 60? You know, there's only been a select few of batsmen that have been able to do that, but... It's interesting, they both just come down. Um, Marnus substantially, um, so it's around 52 now. Um, I'd take that any day of the week for, for a number three for Australia. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they just looked a bit... I don't know whether it's the conditions, but to be fair, in Perth as well, I know that wasn't the best batting pitch. Smithy and, and Marnus, you know, they don't look to have that aura of invincibility they had a few years ago, you know... Um, you know, Marnus was a free-stroking player as well. Particularly, he had that stint, wasn't it, in Glamorgan, got himself in the Aussie team. And anything on off stump was just getting smashed through the leg side and then they'd overcompensate. He had a great cover drive. Um, I can't remember the last time I've seen one of those really great bangs through mid-wicket, which was a feature shot. Um, but careers don't always go on a steady incline. You know, there's little, little hups there. And let's hope Marnus is just having that in 2023. And he's young enough and he's good enough to be the backbone of the Australian batting um, next year in Test cricket. Got any theories on what's missing from Smith's game at the moment, Cap? Well, particularly in Perth, and I know the wicket wasn't easy there as well, but he just looked like his timing was out with his movements. And I know he's always had an unorthodox technique and he's not technically perfect, but when everything's in sync, he just makes it look like he's got so much time and he plays the ball right under his eye line. But what we've seen in these first two tests, even yesterday, the first ball 
was probably a great indication of where he's at because that ball was wide and full and swinging away and he wafted at it and it was he played out actually outside the line of the ball so if he nicked it it would have been the inside edge which is quite strange for him to be playing a shot and almost like he's wanting to feel bat on ball that early in his innings normally he, he sort of sums up what the opposition will try to do to him and they I mean he should have known yesterday they had a 7-2 field to start which indicates they're going to attack you wide of the stumps they're not really going to, unless it's a double bluff but he's so good through the leg side a lot of teams don't want to get picked off through there when you only got two fielders so yeah it's, it's just not quite at his best at the moment and um yeah part of that I think is just getting into good positions early and particularly with him is is having the, the confidence to just go, you know what, I'm just happy to bide my time for the first 20 minutes. It just looks like he wants to get bat on ball early at the moment. Even the other day in Perth, he nicked the ball that he could have left and probably about fifth or sixth stump. And, and it just looked like he was done for a bit of pace by young Shazad, who's only bowling 130 k. So that's, that's the little bit of a sign for me that he's not quite there with his rhythm and his, his footwork. Running any theories on Smith, Flem? I don't know if he's wrestling with um, the standard that he's set for that three-year period as well. I've sort of felt that for, a, for the last couple of years. And I'm more hopeful than confident that, you know, that Stephen Smith for that three-year period is going to just, just all of a sudden appear and then he gets on a, on a roll like he has. Um, you know, maybe it's a little bit of age, maybe um, the pitches, maybe the opposition, you know, have, have done a lot of planning into him. You know, he's still the number one bat in the team. Um, but there's just signs that um, he plays shots, like you said, that I, I just don't think he would have done. He, the, he was the master of just not, not bowling, uh, not playing shots he didn't want to play and forcing bowlers to bowl in the areas where he wanted. Um, so, yeah, it just, it just has not flowed, I don't reckon, in the last couple of years. You know, the, the 100 in England was a, was a ripper. Um, so I went, oh, good, he's going to dominate the rest of the series. And then it just sort of declined from there. Um, you know, sometimes are they, are they working too hard? You know, that's always the problem I thought, you know, with Amana Smithy. You know, Justin Langer, who I played a lot with, you know, I felt when he, his form dipped a bit, um, he, he stayed in the nets longer and he hit more balls. And then eventually you're going to start missing him because of fatigue and then oh, I've got to hang in there instead of just hitting a few and going, I feel good here. Um, so it'd be interesting to talk to whether he really, if he knows the answer himself. I need a psychologist's couch for that one, I reckon, with him. Oh, without a doubt. It's interesting you say he's the number one bat in the team. Statistically he is, but if you look at the last 12 months and having seen, particularly having seen Kawaja come back in this team and watch the way he's playing at the moment, I look at. I think he's the number one player in this team at the moment, and his numbers back that up. But he's just looked more at ease with where he's at with his game. You know, he doesn't want to commit on the front foot, but he knows that, so he plays accordingly. Whereas, I think Smith wants to, and you see him yesterday. He wanted to cover drive, and, and he, he got one just wide of Bubba's arm. But then when you look at the, I know we did a split screen on it, and his weight was back. He didn't quite get his head, you know, as he would through the line of the ball as much as he probably has in the past. And that just, to me, that's only fractional stuff, which is, you know, half a second transferring your weight through the ball has a massive impact on whether you nail it where you want it or whether it comes and goes in the air and gives someone an opportunity to get you out. Well, maybe Usman's got the answers mm. because um, even that 90 in Perth, that, that was a tough pitch. Mm. 
Um, he looks unflustered. He, he never, if it's not working for him, he, he doesn't lose patience. Mm. Whereas I, I think Marnus and Smithy are getting frustrated yeah. that they're, they're not, their output of runs are not as strong as what they have been in the previous years. Our pre-matches for Spitwater, Tools Not Toys, working hard since 1982. Australia 3 for 187. Marnus Labashane to join us shortly. The ground and weather conditions for Rainbird, leader in irrigation for more than 90 years. It's a day that has a small chance of rain uh, about 11 o'clock, but uh, I think we'll be I think we'll be good today. In fact, the rest of the test match should be uninterrupted. We'll make up what was lost yesterday. Uh, what do you think of the pitch? I didn't mind it for a day one pitch. You know, I felt like um, any ball could have got a, an Australian batsman out. It was it, it was tough. Um, I liked to see the movement on it. I mean, he's got less grass on it. I went out and had a look. It's interesting, at six, seven millimetres, you don't see the indentations of the ball like you do at Perth and um, Adelaide in the day-night with that extra grass. Um, but there is still inconsistencies. There's grass areas and, the, and there's bare areas, so the ball's going to misbehave... Um, will behave differently when it's hitting um, grass versus just uh, actual turf, uh, not turf, um, the actual clay of the pitch. Um, and some of the grassy areas, though, are on, on a pretty good length around off stump. So if I'm bowling, I'm going, there's just some specific areas which I can aim at, yep. and if I hit it, it it's going to move, it's going to deviate. Um, and as we talked about, the Pakistan bowlers just probably didn't hit it you know, you want to be hitting that 60, 70% of the time. I reckon they're probably 30 or 40. And you think it might quicken up today? Cat? It generally does, day two. Uh, most wickets do um, once any sort of moisture comes out. Although saying that, it didn't sound like it had a huge amount of moisture in it yet, yesterday when you heard the batsman tapping down on the crease. But I think that the thing that I think will get highlighted with all those um, you know, points you made, Flem, is that with the extra height and bounce and pace of the Australian attack, any sort of inconsistencies when you hit those patches or grassier bits gets highlighted and, and you get rushed as a batsman. So I think that will be the challenge for the Pakistan boys against the, the new ball. And overcast conditions. So the old ball's going to swing as well. Um, the sun's not out, so it's not baking the pitch to, to dry it out. Um, so it's still going to be really good bowling conditions. That's the setup as we head towards day two. Manus Labashain is about to join us, and Nick Hockley, the Chief Executive of Cricket Australia, coming up in our pre match program for Spitwater Tools Not Toys, hard working since 1982. Cat Flem will catch up with you shortly. This is SEN Test Cricket for Hijaz Halal Financial Solutions.